Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. Today, we are going to do a great episode about some of the fundamentals of raising money. And we've got a really good, great, kind of like a five-step process that I've got my next guest, his name is Dave Dubois, that's going to share with you something I think that will change your life. One of the biggest things that I've ever learned to do is the ability to raise capital. And when you first start out, you kind of have one chance to do it right. In other words, you've got your warm audience, all the people that you know, you wanna put your best foot forward. It's important that you set this up in the beginning correctly because it can help fuel everything you're gonna do in the future. Okay, so you're not gonna wanna miss this episode. You wanna listen to the very end. We've got a great offer for you at the end to get some additional information as well. So before we do that though, we get into it. A couple shout outs for some people that went to iTunes and gave me that five-star review. Give me some love, love, love. Dane Hicks says, great health, wealth podcast. This is a fantastic podcast that provides practical advice on subjects you will, that will help you succeed in life. Awesome, awesome. Amy Robinette says, glorious. Corey Peterson's experience and stories fascinate me. I adore this podcast because it is very authentic and you'll get a lot of value from it. Thank you so much, Amy. So that's what we do, guys. We give it to you real and filtered. Hey, and listen, two episodes from now, we're going to be launching our Good, Bad, Ugly series of Sierra Point. I know I've talked about it a couple times, and I've just never had the chance yet to lay it down. I do have it scheduled in my deck to uh, launch this podcast, these three series. It's really great stuff. Anytime I buy a property, I really share with you the insights of the good, bad, and the ugly, and how multifamilies really happen what goes wrong what goes south how do you fix them how do you make them right that's what's coming up so you want to check out those episodes as well but guys let's get to it let's welcome dave dubois at kahuna investments we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home if you want to learn more about our company and our process go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room hey dave welcome to the show brother Corey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Super excited about this little episode that we're going to do today because raising capital, when you're first starting out, raising money is a big part of the game and the equation of how you put together a multifamily deal. And it's often the least talked about in chunks that people can understand and actually move their needle. And today, that's what you're going to bring to the table is you're going to talk about raising capital and really what that formula looks like and how people can do it and really kind of start moving that needle a little bit. Welcome to the show. Before we get to that, though, give us a little bit of background of who you are and and where you're at and where you come from. Well, thanks very much, Corey. Yeah. So Dave Dubow, I'm based in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. So just up the road from you guys. (laughs) And I've been in and around uh, real estate for a long time. In fact, Grew the family home was a sixplex. 
So it was one unit and a sixplex that my dad and my grandfather built. My mother was a very active real estate investor way back in the day before very many women were involved in real estate. And she built up a portfolio of about 50 doors way back when. But I never really clued in. <laughs> typical typical <laughs> kid and teenager, like, you know, it was right in front of my face and never really saw much of it. So I went to school, graduated with a useless degree in psychology way back in 1990. Nobody was bashing down my door with job offers. So I went and traveled the world, ended up living in a little place called San Jose, Costa Rica for 10 years. Started a business down there, got married, had kids, and uh, started dabbling a little bit unknowingly in real estate while I was down there. Did a few what we would call pre-foreclosure deals. Yep. Just kind of got my feet wet. Fast forward to 2003, decided to move my Costa Rican family back to Canada, which any Canadians that hear that say, what are you, insane? You left tropical paradise. You know, I know you're a big fan of Hawaii, the whole kahuna thing there, right? Well, Costa Rica, it's pura vida. Pura vida is the saying there, right? Pure life. And so many North Americans want to retire down there. Everybody's going, why would you move from tropical paradise to the frozen hinterlands? Here's the thing, Corey. You don't realize what you got until you leave it for a while. So yeah, being the pasty-faced white guy that I am, whether you got money or not in Latin America, everybody assumes that you do. There's a bit of a target on your back, right? So things like getting kidnapped and held for ransom do happen a heck of a lot more than they happen where I live in Canada. So we decided our kids are ready to go to school. Let's bring them back to Canada and, and have them grow up here. So that's what we did. And I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, now I, what, right? Yeah. yeah, now what, right? I hadn't been able to sell my business in Costa Rica, so I didn't have much money, didn't have any credit, didn't have moved to a new city, didn't have any contacts, been self-employed so long, I was pretty much unemployable. So then I saw one of those, you remember these? You too can get rich in real estate with little or no money down. Yeah, I think I brought all those courses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, brother. Ron Legrand got me. I sent away for Ron's stuff. Big binders, I think CDs, might have been a VHS cassette or two, who knows. Went through that. And my first little kick at the can was I did 18 creative deals in 18 months. That's kind of what, that sounds sexy, but most of them were crappy little mobile homes and stuff like that. So, But you were in real estate, you were doing the activity of real estate. Yeah, man. The I buy houses van and the whole bit. And did that. Took a little time off of that, caught the eye of an up-and-coming guru, kind of the Canadian version of Robert Kiyosaki, who's a neighbor of yours in your neck of the woods, and went on board. He saw what I was doing with real estate, with marketing, and helped him grow his company for about five or six years. Took some time off from active real estate investing, jumped back in in 2010, and started doing, have you ever heard of this client first, or some people call it tenant first rent to own deals. I know you're big into multifamily, but- Yep, no, but I started in the single family world, brother. So Yeah, man. Yeah, so I did that for a while. That's where I first started getting into raising capital because now I actually needed some money to do deals. It wasn't all about this creative, low money, no money type stuff. And like many people, I started off self-financing. I don't know if that was your path, Corey, but I didn't clue into other people's money until I ran out of my own. Yeah, (laughs) I ran out of my own on the first deal after the first one. (laughs) Well, I I, I had to do two. (laughs) I had to do two, but that was it. Hit the wall after that. And then here's the challenge, my friend. I had always heard this saying, just find a good deal and the money will find you. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I drank that Kool-Aid and I remember I had this beautiful deal land on my lap 
And I crunched the numbers. I was going to make this little single family home deal. I was going to make 40 grand over about a two-year time frame after I paid everybody else out, right? So it sounded good. The only thing I was missing was the 85,000 I needed for the down payment on that property. So I knew it wasn't like the secret where the money was just going to fall out of the sky and land on my lap. I wish, but I <laughs> figured I'm probably going to have to do something. So being clueless, I'd heard, if you need to raise money, pick up the phone and start dialing for dollars. So Corey, I admire people that can do that. I don't come from a very strong sales background. I come from a bit of a marketing background, but dialing for dollars has never been part of my repertoire, but I tried it. And I failed miserably. And my feelings got hurt after a bunch of rejection. So I quit doing it. And I find that that's what happens to a lot of people. They get rejected. For most people get... Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's no fun. So I said, okay, well, that's no fun. What else can I do? And I also heard, hey, turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. Go out there, network schmooze, use your elevator pitch, your 30-second commercial, all that stuff. Okay? So I did that. B&I, Chamber of Commerce... Toastmasters, wherever the heck they'd let me in the room with a group of people, I went there and, and practiced my thing. Raised zero money. And by this time, I was running out of time, subject removals on this property. So I got a one-week extension. And then I came up with a brilliant idea, Corey. <laughs> I think you, you can see where this is going to go. And I thought to myself, this is such a good deal for investors. If enough people saw it, this deal would sell itself. That's what I deluded myself into thinking. And the one smart thing I did is I came up with a list of a couple of hundred people that I already knew, right? These are they're people that friends, family members, coworkers, business associates, people I had a pre-existing relationship with. So that was a good idea. But the bad idea was I spammed them all with this deal. I put together a little one-pager PDF. Yeah. I remember I set this out. It's like seven o'clock at night, had dinner, did my thing with the family. Next morning, I was so excited because I saw these replies coming back to my email. I was excited, Corey, until I started reading those replies. And they basically all said, hey, Dave, I haven't heard from you in forever. And here you are hitting me up for money for a deal. Take a hike. Yeah, go take a hike. <laughs> it's a, not just a no, but a hell no. Oh, big hell no. Numerous times. Lost that deal. Major egg on my face because I live in a pretty small town, man. I mean, right. Ticked off my tenant buyer big time. Ticked off the seller, the realtor, the mortgage broker, everybody. Yeah, Small Dave town. sucks. This is that was oh, the word man. of the day, right? Yeah, it sucked. But here's the worst part: not only did I lose that deal, but I shot myself in the foot with a lot of really good prospective investors because I was so desperate. Right? I, I charged in like a bull in a china shop. So after I pouted for a while, Corey, I sat down and I took an objective look at this and I said, you know what? That sucks. I don't want to be in that position again. So this whole find the deal and the money will find you thing is baloney. So I want to do it the opposite way. I want to have the money lined up first, then go looking for the deals. That's a hell of a lot more fun, right? Yeah. And then the other thing I thought, you know what, Dave, you're not naturally a gifted sales guy, right? You don't have this background. However, I'm pretty good at marketing. So if I can get somebody coming to me asking about a deal, that conversation is super easy for me, right? Because it's yeah. not a salesy kind of a thing. Right. I said, all right, dum-dum, you know a few things about marketing. Why don't we try to apply marketing to the whole raising capital thing? So I did that. And when I was doing single family homes, raised, it wasn't a hell of a lot, but I raised close to a million bucks for doing the rent-to-own stuff. 
Then I started moving into multifamily investing, not at the scale that you're at by any stretch, Corey, but raised millions of dollars for multifamily properties following the same process. And then a while ago, realized I'm way better at marketing than I am at being an active real estate investor. I'm pretty mediocre at that. So why don't I focus on that? So what we created is a boutique marketing agency, and we help other mom, what I call mom and pop real estate investors start the path of raising capital. Yeah, and that is the path, right? So the difference, I think, between many, many real estate investors and their net worth and their overall, what they do and the zeros behind their net worth is the one thing that you just hit the nail on the head, which is it's all about raising money. He who can raise a good amount of money and then deploy that to a really actionable deal that makes sense. And that's a very, very powerful thing. And what I know, and you know this too, is that there is, if you have the right bait on your hook, right, there is trillions and trillions of dollars out there. They're looking for that bait. Yeah. They want to do these types of deals. Exactly. But here's what I found, Corey. There is a ton of money out there. However, it's like anything. It's raising that first hundred grand is yep. the toughest. I don't know. Yeah, no, it is. That. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. That oh, first yeah. tranche of money is the hardest you'll ever raise because you have no track record. Yeah. Or you, and you've got no clue about how to raise capital, right? Yeah. That's why I've come up with what I call my money partner formula to help people get things rolling and ideally get investors coming to them instead of them having to desperately chase after investors. So happy to go over that if you'd like. Yeah, you know, let's kind of break that open a little bit and, and kind of peek into it and, and go over some of the key concepts. Yeah. Okay. So I've broken it down into five key steps. We'll just kind of give you the big picture overview. Step number one is creating a target group of prospective investors. So if you remember my painful story there, the one and only smart thing I did, Corey, was come up with that target group of a couple of hundred people. And the reason you want to do this, you guys, is because you got to be logical. I see so many people when they start raising capital, they start pitching, putting their deal all over social media, talking to everybody and anybody thinking, hey, anybody with a pulse and a checkbook could be an investor. That's a big mistake for two reasons. Number one is logic. I mean, think about it. If somebody's going to invest a hundred grand with you or 50 grand or whatever it is, they need to know you, they need to like you, they need to trust you. If you're going out to strangers, they don't know you, they don't like you, they sure as hell do not trust you with their hundred grand. Dave, this is the funniest thing, right? So I see a lot of syndicate. Oh, I'm going to do a 506C offering because I'm going to advertise. And they think because they're going to advertise that they're going to be like, get all this magical money is going to show, show up, right? Yeah. And then they fail. And I'm like, because that's not how money works. Money is very personal. Yeah. Right. It's and hard. it's people talk more about their sex lives than they talk about their finances. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. So that's challenge number one is just logic. Challenge yeah. number two is legalities. Right. And again, time out. I'm a marketing guy. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a security specialist, et cetera. I'm just sharing my understanding. So that's my cover my ass caveat there, buddy. So, so. You guys in the States, you got this little thing called the Securities and Exchange Commission. And if I'm not mistaken, each state has its own regulatory authority as well. Up here in Canada, same idea, right? And basically, unless you're licensed to do so, or unless you're set up with specific exemptions and a certain uh, structure, 
it's actually illegal for us to be raising capital from the general public, right? Yeah. And unless you're starting to get into really big deals, it's cost prohibitive to get all that stuff set up, right? So right. again, I'm talking about mom and pops are just getting started with real estate investing. So if you're trying to do a single family home, you're trying to do a flip, a burr, whatever, it's kind of a little bit of, of overkill to spend 20 grand in getting stuff set up to go raise capital with accredited investors, sophisticated investors, general public, what have you, right? So what does that leave us? Typically, there is an exemption there, and that is working with close friends, family members, and business associates. And that's just the logical place to start because you've got a pre-existing relationship with these people. They know you. They like you. They may trust you to babysit the dog for the weekend. We're not sure about the 100 grand yet, but at least two out of three ain't bad. I say that. Meatloaf says that, so I think it must be true. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. Let's come up with that target group of a couple hundred people. What we always suggest to people, it's very difficult to think up 200 people. So do a data dump. Get all your contacts from your cell phone, your social media, your email addresses, put them all in one place, and then whittle it down to 200 people. Just makes life a lot simpler. Then the second part of this, really important, Corey, don't make the dumb mistake Dave did charging in saying, hey, I got a great deal. You got any cash? Yep. You want to be a little classy. So what we recommend is a, a warm-up campaign. Get them all into a CRM, an email autoresponder, something like that, and then do a warm outreach, not talking real estate right off the get-go, right? A lot of these people haven't heard from you in a long time. Send out a nice, friendly little message. Hey, it's Dave. Chances are it's been a while since we've been in touch. Here's what I've been up to. Here's what the family's up to. Here's out with names and ages of the kids. Here's the good stuff, the not so good stuff. Here's how the pandemic's affected me, whatever. Keep it generally upbeat. And then at the end say, well, that's what I've been up to. How about you? Love to hear from you. Please hit reply to this email. Let's catch up. You can send that out through a CRM or an email autoresponder to all 200 people. Don't worry, not 200 people are going to respond, right? Just you probably get 20 or 30 people getting back to you. But here's the key, Corey. And I think you probably know this from your years of experience in business and real estate. There is money, serious money in those reconnections. Yeah. What we do with our clients is we take them through a very simple three-step process to, to break the ice and to set the stage, get people primed, ready to start hearing about your deal. So that is all step number one, create that list and reconnect with them on a personal level first. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. Huge fundamentals, but a lot of people are like, where do I start? And they sometimes they get a total blank and they're just like staring at a blank piece of paper. This is very actionable items, right? So get your list, right? Facebook. I mean, if you really printed a list of your Facebook friends and then whittle, right? I like that. Yeah. Like you said, because I've even done this where I said, okay, people that I know, People that I know that I know have money, people that I think have money, and people that I know that don't have any money. Yeah, I've done this once before, it, just to kind of like segregate my list a little bit of the people that I know. Yeah. So, because when you're coming out the gate, you do want to stack the deck as best you can 
with your best potential people that you'd like to have conversations with. Right. But the way you're doing it, I love that. Stay classy, Dave. Right. <laughs> stay classy, baby. Stay classy. Right? You, me and Rob, man. You, me and Rob, we got to stay classy. So, <laughs> but that is the truth. And when you do it that way, you're going to have so much tremendous more results. So what's the next step after that? All right. So the next step is we got to be ready in case somebody puts up their hand and says, hey, Corey, sounds good. What's this real estate thing you're doing? Right. Yep. So a lot of our clients don't have the foggiest clue about how to do an effective investor meeting. We got to back up, you guys. We got to remember a couple of things. Number one, and I hope nobody takes offense to this, Corey, but you know it's true. You, I, and your followers were all real estate weirdos. You know this, right? We know this. I say this with love and affection because I am one too. When you talk to the average human being about real estate, their eyes roll in the back of their head. They're clueless. They don't know what the hell you're talking about. Would you agree, Corey? Yeah, it is secret code language. Exactly. So we got to always keep that in mind. You can't say LTV. You can't say like they have weird terms. They have no, those are like, what? That's Greek. Here's the writer down. Corey, you're probably too young to remember this, but Reader's Digest. Remember Reader's Digest? Yeah. So that is a magazine written for grownups. However, it's written at an average 13-year-old reading level. That's what we need to keep our stuff in, right? Yeah. If an average 13-year-old can understand your investor presentation, you are right on track, okay? So we got to keep it pretty simple. And what I suggest is you put together a slide deck presentation where you walk people through what you're up to with real estate, a little bit about your experience, your background, your power team, the strategy that you're focusing on, the market that you're investing in, the pros and the cons, a case study, show people what rewards are, show people what the risks are so they can make an educated decision at the end of that presentation. My goal with these presentations, Corey, isn't to get somebody to write me a check for hundred grand right off the get-go. My goal here is to get somebody to say, hey, you know what, Dave? When you've got a deal, I want first dips. So we want to, typically it's something like an expression of interest, letter of intent, something like that. So step number two, make sure you're ready to go with an effective investor slide deck presentation. That's step number two. Step number three, this is where we start pouring a little bit of gas on the fire here, my friend. This is the marketing. Constant, consistent communication. That's the key. And this is the number one place I see everybody screwing up. Most people fail right here. Oh, man. You know it, right? So, yep. Corey, I know you're a big proponent of branding. I know just a little bit we've talked about the fact that you got decades in business and real estate. You understand the power of marketing. Nothing happens unless you've got that marketing going up. So, constant, consistent communication. You want to get top of mind and stay top of mind with that group of people. One of the big mistakes I see people making when they're coming to raising capital is massive action when they got a deal on the go. Right. Crickets in between. Yeah. The massive action when they got a deal on the It's got to be just the opposite, really. It really and does. That's usually how it works. You can, if you do a massive in the beginning, but when you're not doing anything, when you don't have a deal, and it's way more powerful, by the way, David, you know this, right? It's way more powerful to be marketing and talking about what you do when you don't have anything to offer. Because when you don't need the money. Yeah. That's time to raise it. <laughs> yeah. And when you don't need that money, because it really is, we're talking about the opportunity. And that's really, at the end of the day, I think that's where we're going to go, is that we don't sell stuff. We offer opportunities. Exactly. We help people do 
what they cannot or will not do on their own, and that is get involved in really good real estate deals. Yeah. It's huge, right? We're doing them a huge favor. But that I digress. So marketing is huge. Again, always remember the Reader's Digest model. Keep it super simple. And what I like to say is try to make your marketing edutaining. Edutaining. Right? A little bit educational, not too much. Remembering that these are normal people. They're not real estate weirdos like us. They don't want to know everything we know. They just want to know we know our stuff. Does that make sense? So a little bit educational to whatever degree you can, try to make it a little bit entertaining. And then you mix it up a little bit. So when we're working with our clients, we try to have at least weekly communication going out to their lists. So one week, first week of the month, for example, it might be their monthly newsletter, electronic newsletter. Bang, that goes out there. Second week of the month, it might be a blog post. Bang, that goes out there. Third week of the month, it might be a video log. Short, sweet, little video, three, four minutes long, talking about one specific thing. Fourth week, maybe it's another blog post. So the next month, same idea, right? So constant, consistent, edutaining communication. Then here's a key. Make sure you always have a specific call to action with your marketing. I can't tell you how many people put marketing out there and they wonder why the heck it's not working. It's because they don't tell people what the hell they want them to do, right? Click on this link. Let's book a call and let's see if this makes sense for you. Does that make sense? So just ding, ding, ding. Or is everybody going to book a call? Of course not. But I tell you what, you're going to get a lot more people booking calls if you tell them that's what you want them to do. You got to be specific on their action, right? You got to have a a very good call to action that's clear. And when they know what to do, then they'll do it. Yeah, man. Exactly. Step number four of this five-step process. Now that we got that target group, we broke the ice with them. We got our presentation ready to rumble. We've kicked up the marketing we got that coming out, constant, consistent, edutaining marketing with a call to action. Step number four is to be seen as a real estate authority in the eyes of your prospective investors. So here's the good news. You don't have to be the next Corey Peterson with $200 million of assets under control. Even if you've got one successful little single family home deal under your belt, statistically speaking, you are ahead of 95% of the general population who has never, ever, ever invested in a single revenue property. Okay. Agreed. I don't know where the hell I got that stat, but that's the stat that I've heard is that it's 95% of the general population has never done a revenue property. Their own house does not count, right? So how do we create that authority, that expertise? Well, good news is you only need to have one successful deal under your belt, but there's all sorts of things you can do. One of my recommendations is when you're talking to people about their money, and about investing with you, dress up a little bit. You don't have to. This is optional. I just recommend it. It gets you respect, gives the other person respect, gets you a bit of respect as well. Speak knowledgeably about your strategy and your market, why your market makes sense, not just because you live there, but what are the fundamentals of that market. Do smart stuff like get interviewed on other people's podcasts. That is huge. Corey, I know you've been interviewed on a ton of podcasts. That just helps you. Have your own podcast. That's a fantastic way to create credibility as well. And then just any chance you have, if you're comfortable with it, to speak about what you're doing, that's super powerful as well. So if you speak at the local chamber of commerce, or if you're part of a real estate investment club, get on the committee, get on the board there, introduce people, do little training sessions, any opportunities you have there to be seen as an expert, go a long way. What are your thoughts on that, Corey? Because I know- I'm going to tell you that I'm huge on that. That exactly, that is my path. 
that I took as I started to how we raise millions of dollars is exactly that. That's why we've been on ABC, CBS, NBC. I've spoken at NASDAQ. I've spoken on big stages. I have a podcast, all those things. Authority marketing is what I call it, right? Getting an authority marketing platform. Mm-hmm. Now you don't start there, right? You just, I mean, I started off leading my own little meetup. Yeah, smart. Way back yeah, 10, smart. 12, 15 years ago. I'm like, that was where I was like taught what I knew. Mm-hmm. And I went and kept on buying other people's courses and learning what I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would keep teaching the stuff that I learned to where I became the expert by teaching others. And it's yeah. crazy to think about it. In this authority platform, the more you teach, the better student you become, I think. And the more you master it, right? So sometimes you may think you have an idea, but when you teach it 10,000 times, it finally becomes Great. very much sharp steel. Yeah. And then you own it. And I think that's just a practice drill and rehearse part of the business. But then that usually leads to people seeing you as an expert. And that does make a difference. And people will open up their wallets to experts. And they want to do that. Well, here's what you probably saw as well, Corey, especially with your own meetup. You'll get a lot of people coming to the meetup that love the idea of real estate and hate the idea of doing it themselves. Always. So how did you think I raised all my money in the beginning? I taught what I always say, money shows up in the room. Yeah. And then eventually they gas out, right? And they're like, dude, and then you finally you just say, hey, why don't you just give me your money and I'll work it in the deal. I'll go find the deal. And they're like, can we just do that? And they say yes. And they never show up again. Yeah. No, I just beautiful. wanted to be passive. Exactly. So yeah, that is really the big piece. And what's the last step? Last step is, you know what? Once you got one or two investors on board, it's so much easier to get more of them with really good testimonials and referrals, right? I'm sure you've seen this at this point, Corey, start that snowball effect. So I always encourage our clients, hey, once you got an investor on board, they're happy with how things are going, get a video testimonial, right? Oh, man, yes. And then get warm referrals to people that they know because people with money tend to know other people who have money as well. Right. So that's a great way to really get things rolling. So that's the five steps. And that's where it starts to snowball. Yeah, exactly. man. That's the snowball. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for bringing that little five-step program. I know you've got something to share with my group. So I'd love, you said, hey, can I share with them a a little bit bigger piece to how to get involved in this idea? Can you go ahead and share that with us, Dave? Well, here's what I'll do, Corey. I've got, I wrote a book where we are way back there called The Money Partner Formula. I'll trade it to your followers that are interested in this for their name and their email address. Yep. And Corey, I have spared no time or expense putting together a special sign here for you. Investorattractionbook.com. Investorattractionbook.com. Go there if you want to get a copy of the book. That'll get you into my ecosystem. Then if you'd like to join us for a full day workshop or have us work with you. That's a great way to start. Listen, if you're not taking that offer up, that's a huge offer. Get a free book. Listen, knowledge is power. And then I always say, I've bought many, many a course and I've learned something that's moved my needle in everyone I've ever bought. And if you're just starting out and you're wanting to unlock your capital from your list of people that you already know, if you're not following Dave's steps, you're probably doing yourself a disservice and you'll probably do it wrong and you'll screw it up. You get one chance to go after your warm market and you want to put your best foot forward, right? 
Dave, what would you give uh, my listeners? What would advice would you give listeners that are listening for the first time? What best advice would you give them? Well, here's the thing. When it comes to raising capital, at least get one deal under your belt first before you go trying to raise capital from other people. Now, a lot of people come and say, well, Dave, I don't have any money. I can't do my own deal. Well, there's something you can do. You can partner up, attend a local meetup, find somebody who's rocking and rolling with what you want to do and work for free for them. Yes. Change for a sliver of the equity in the deal. Don't be expecting 50%. No way. Yeah, no way. 1%, 2%, whatever it is, get your feet wet. But then you can use that as a case study to show other people, hey, and you can legitimately say, hey, here's a deal that I've been involved in and here's how it works. And then you walk. So so get started, get at least one successful deal under your belt before you start trying to raise capital. Perfect. Right. So listen, guys, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm going to highly recommend. Can you put up your sign again? I want to plug it again. Thanks, buddy. Right. Investorattractionbook.com. Go get that book. Go take the time to get that book. I'm just telling you right now, good books are hard to come by and ones that actually teach you something are even more hard to find. They're more rare. And I know you're going to get, you're going to move your needle and you're going to get a, a lot of success out of that. So Dave, I want to thank you so much for coming onto our show. Last chance, words of wisdom, or, and really, is that the best place for people to find you right now? Is that website? Yeah, that website, they can check it out. Just moneypartnerformula.com. That's my main website, moneypartnerformula.com. All things about what we're up to. Rock and roll. Dave, thanks for coming on the show, guys. Listen, part of being successful in this world and in this life is getting access to good information. We just gave you a way to get some great information on how to move your needle forward, really. But more than that, it's the power of your mind. It's the ability to say, I'm going to take some action steps to fulfill my dreams and fulfill my passion. It really starts between the two ears, guys. If you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. 